Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Hi. How's everybody doing today? Everybody except my friends at Frisco West, you're wondering, who is this guy? Well, my name is Zach Wright, and I just recently became the campus pastor at Frisco West. My family and I moved here in July, and we couldn't be happier to be here with you guys. Thank you. To my friends at West, I miss you guys today. I love you. Thank you for, you guys have just taken my family in, and you've made us feel so welcome, so at home, and I I just couldn't be more grateful for that. Uh, To my friends in Prosper, my friends watching in McKinney, those of you here at East in this room, everybody watching online, I've spent the last few months getting to know the other staff, campus pastors. I've been to visit each of the locations, and it is just amazing to see what God is doing here at Hope Fellowship. It's incredible. I, I keep getting more and more affirmation that my family and I are in the right place and that just great things are happening and and we couldn't be happier to be a part of it. So speaking of my family, I want to just take a minute and tell you a little bit more about me so you know who I am. Um, I want to start with probably the best thing that I can do, and that's put a picture of my family right here. So uh, this is my wife, Ashley. She's the best thing that's ever happened to me. She's incredible. If you ever get the chance to know her, she's so intelligent. She's so kind just an incredible person. So we've been married for almost 14 years now. We're coming up on our our 14th anniversary. Um, And then over here, these are my daughters. So Hallie is on the right. And then Emery right here is in the middle. Hallie is eight and Emery is six. I'm a girl dad. (laughs) And I love it. It's so great. Pray for me at times if you think about it, especially as they start to get older. I'm surrounded by women in my life, for sure. We just got a puppy. The puppy is also a girl, so (laughs) there's just no hope for me. But no, this is my family. Um, Really, the greatest joys of my life are wrapped up in this picture right here. So a little bit about um, my wife and I. We both grew up in Arkansas. That's where we're from. Somebody else? I heard it. Yes. Maybe some Razorback fans out there, we can, we can talk afterwards. Yeah, okay, all right. I've been very surprised at how many more of us there are here, and I, I like it. There, we, we can be friends. So we grew up in Arkansas, um, met in different parts, or we were in different parts of Arkansas, and then we met in college. And then the last 12 years, we've been in Texas. Uh, we've been at a really great church serving in uh, both the Waxahachie and Ennis area, if you know where that is, before God called us here to Frisco this past July. And so, like I said, there's absolutely no doubt in our minds that this is where we're supposed to be, and these last few months have been just amazing. I look forward to our future here. So enough about me. That's that's that part. Okay, let's move to the message today. So we're finishing up a series on generosity, and this is the third week of it. So the first two weeks, we talked about this, generous in giving, the second week, generous in heart, and then today, this is where we're landing, generous in and gratitude. Now, when a church talks about generosity, when we do a series on generosity, this is where you think we're going to live the whole time. And don't get me wrong, this is an important part of it. We should be generous in our giving, generous with our money, our possessions, what we have. But I love that in this series, we're taking a very holistic approach 
to generosity because generosity is so much more than just giving of our money. If we live the life of generosity that God has for us, it encompasses every single part of our lives. And so today we're talking about being generous in gratitude. So the verse that I want to look at, it comes from 2 Corinthians 9, and it says this, You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Your generosity will result in thanksgiving. Generosity leads to gratitude. And what a coincidence that we're talking about Thanksgiving this week. It's almost like we planned it out that way, you know? (laughs) Sometimes we plan ahead. It's nice. (laughs) Thanksgiving. It's full of so many different things. Food, family, football. Great things. I love these things. But is it also filled with giving thanks? And I love this verse because if we understand why Paul is writing it. So this is Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth. Paul had gone on missionary journeys all over the world. He had planted churches, and this was one of them. And this church, when he's writing this second letter, they had kind of started to drift away a little bit. They were doubting Paul's authority in their lives. They were doubting the truth of Jesus Christ, and they were kind of becoming cynical along the way. And as you become cynical and doubtful, you start to become a lot less generous. So these churches gave to one another to support the work that was happening, and they had stopped giving. And so Paul is admonishing them in many different ways, saying, return to your generosity that you had before. Let go of your doubt, let go of your cynicism, because your generosity will lead to gratitude. So today, as we talk about gratitude, there's a distinction that I want to make. The words thankfulness and gratitude, they're synonyms, they're very close, But there's a distinction between the two that I think is very important to make. One of them is an emotion, and one of them is a virtue. Now, this is true of many things in life. Emotions and virtues are very different. So emotions are things that change based on circumstance. So you can be happy that good things are happening to you, or sad that bad things are happening to you, or angry based on what's going on. And that changes all the time. And don't hear me wrong. Emotions are not a bad thing. I live in a house full of women, as you saw. I know about emotion. (laughs) They're not teenagers yet, so I know there's even more of it coming my way. It's helped me to develop my own emotions as well. It's good. We should have these natural emotional responses to engage with them, not to suppress them. But they often change so much. They vary based on our circumstances. But virtues are different. Virtues keep us centered and grounded on what we know to be true, regardless of circumstances. Virtues, they're like deep below the surface of our heart. They're anchors that tether us to the truths of God's word, no matter what storms of life may come our way. So some examples of this, joy is a virtue. Happiness is an emotion. You see the difference. In the same way, thankfulness is an emotion, gratitude is a virtue. Again, thankfulness is not bad. This week, as you sit down at the Thanksgiving table, talk about the things you're thankful for. It's good. Make your list. This is what I'm thankful for in my life. It's not a bad thing. But many of the things that land on our lists of thankfulness, they could change at any moment. So we make a list of the things that we have uh, 
It could be a job. It could be our home, possessions that we might have. What if those things got taken away? Would our thankfulness still be there? That's why we're talking about gratitude today, because gratitude is different. Now, I'm going to use these words a little bit interchangeably, especially as we look at Scripture, but I want us to understand the distinction because gratitude is a great gift that God wants to give to us, and it comes as we're more generous. So here's how I want to look at it first. We're going to get to looking at what Scripture has to say about gratitude, but I want to look at it from a little bit different perspective. When you get a chance... Google the science of gratitude. Don't do it right now. Not yet. You can do it afterwards. Google the science of gratitude. You will find page after page after page of research that shows why gratitude is good for you. Talking about why it's a good thing to have in your life. Here's a a quote from a study done by the University of California at Berkeley. Research suggests that gratitude may be associated with many benefits for individuals, including physical and psychological health. You can get in shape with gratitude, apparently. (laughs) Happiness and life satisfaction, decreased materialism, and more. This, we're not even looking at scripture yet. This is just research that's been done. It's incredible. You can tangibly measure how gratitude makes your life better. Objectively, it is good for you. So here's, here's why I look at this before we even go to Scripture, because I think this point is important for us regardless of whatever topic that we're talking about. As we're studying God's principles and His commands for our life, we always need to remember this. God's principles are for our benefit. We forget this sometimes because often they feel like this list of things that we shouldn't do or we get in trouble if we do them. But God wants the best for us. So when he commands something or he outlines a principle or a truth for our lives, it is for our benefit. Science backs this up. Gratitude objectively is good for your life. And there's so many other things that we find in Scripture that are continually backed up by the rest of the world showing that ultimately God's plan for us is good. The reason why this is difficult is because we get distracted by so many other things. Yes, we know that gratitude is good for us, but we'd still rather chase after some of the things the world has to offer. Psalm 19 says it this way. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. I think on some level we believe this last part. It's more valuable than gold, more valuable than money. But we still want money. We're human, right? So if we were going after the things that mattered the most in life, we know this is true, but we're very distracted by the other things as well. And this is where we have to make that shift in our minds to really focus on the things that matter the most, these virtues in our lives, because they absolutely are for our benefit. We might get those other things, but eventually they're going to fade. They're not going to provide the happiness that we're looking for. They might provide the emotions that we're looking for, but over time, They begin to fade away. 
So as we look at gratitude today, it's backed up by scripture. It's backed up by science. And objectively, it is good for us. So let's look at some more things specifically that talk about gratitude in our lives. The first one I want to show you, it comes from Colossians chapter 3. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. What this is talking about, this is what we're doing today. Congratulations. Pat yourselves on the back. You're doing one of the things right so far. You're here this morning. We gather together each week in order to sing songs of praise to God, to listen to his word together, to encourage each other. And as we do that, it builds gratitude in our hearts. When you come here each week, whatever campus you're at or when you're watching online, it helps build this gratitude, this corporate show of gratitude together in our lives. The next one, Philippians chapter 4. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This part right here, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. It is good to ask God for things. He wants that. He is a loving father who wants to know the needs of his children. But what we ask for and how we ask matters, because most of the time our requests are selfish. We treat God like like he's a genie in a bottle, just granting the wishes of whatever we might want. And when he doesn't answer, we get upset and angry with him. But this verse says to present your prayers and your petitions with thanksgiving. As you add thanksgiving or gratitude into the mix, how do your requests change? I think what we ask for starts to change. Our requests become a lot less selfish. They become a lot more focused on the ways and the things of God, and it begins to reshape our perspective and our priorities in life. And it it leads us really to this last verse here. 1 Thessalonians 5, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This verse would be awesome if we changed this word to most. I would be down with it. Most of the time, I'm okay with giving thanks. You felt this before. Give thanks in all circumstances? That, that can't be right. There's so many things that happen in life where it's really hard to immediately go to this posture of gratitude or this idea of giving thanks. And this is where we begin to move past the emotion of thankfulness and into the virtue of gratitude. It's difficult to give thanks in all circumstances. But as we develop this mindset of gratitude, it is available to us at all times, no matter how impossible it might seem. So here's how I want to illustrate this today. I brought this really fun machine with me. Check this out. This is called a Ferropter. And I know this because when you Google iMachine thingy, when you go to purchase it, it gives you the actual name for it. But let's just pretend that I knew the name of it the whole time, okay? (laughs) So you guys, if you've been to the eye doctor before, you've seen this machine right? You know how this goes. So the last time that I was at the eye doctor, 
it didn't go so well for me. I've managed to avoid contacts, glasses my entire life. I've been doing just fine. But the last time I went to the doctor, it really set in for me that the slow march of old age, it comes for all of us. And it's happening for me, and I'm, I don't like it. I'm uncomfortable with it. So they had the chart on the wall, and I just no assistance at all. They're asking me to read the chart, and so I'm going line by line, and the lower I get, I'm like, uh-oh, things have gotten worse since the last time I was here. This is not going well. So because it wasn't going well, they had me come look through this machine. And I, I, remember, I remember this vividly. Like, even the music that was playing, they were, like, playing these 80s power ballads behind me. You know, it's just rocking out as I'm looking through this lens. So here's what they did. They had me look through the lens, and the first image that I saw, it was this. Not good. Very blurry. So they asked me the question, you've been there before, what do they say? Better or worse, right? Better or worse? They say, this is not good. This is worse. So they start messing with some stuff, you know, adjusting some things. The next image comes up. You see it here. And they ask me, better or worse? Well, it's a little bit better. Still not good. Like, I shouldn't be driving with that. But it is better. So, okay. Start messing with it again. I'm butchering this, by the way. I'm not an optometrist. You know, they're messing with all these dials and things like that. Finally, they put another lens in place. Here we go again. Better or worse? Better. Not great, but still better. So finally, they adjust some more things until the last lens falls into place. And then I see this. Oh, that's it. I can see it. I can see it perfectly. You guys on the back row, can you read the last line here? If not, you may want to go to the eye doctor <laughs> afterwards. This is your free test today. You don't even have to have insurance for this. So as I was looking through the lens, it occurred to me that the chart never changed. The picture on the wall was the same the entire time. What changed was the lens that I was looking through. My perspective changed. And I think many times in our lives, the way we view what's in front of us, our circumstances, our life, feels like this chart on the wall. We get frustrated by how blurry it is. We get frustrated by the lack of clarity, by the uncertainty that we're experiencing. And when we pray, we often ask God to change the picture. Give me a new picture. But I think sometimes... What God is trying to develop in us is a different lens. What if, instead of trying to change the picture, our circumstances, God is trying to change us? Now, let's say he did change our circumstances. We pray and ask for this good thing to happen to us, and it does. The bad thing goes away. This life is so full of brokenness and pain. What about the hundred other circumstances that are waiting for us? Not every single one of them are going to go the way that we want them to. Maybe it'll change, maybe it won't. I think what God is often trying to develop in us is a new lens, a new perspective, reshaping our priorities so that we can see the picture clearer instead of changing the picture. Gratitude is the lens that brings everything into focus. Here's another way of saying it. Gratitude sharpens our view of God's plan for creation. 
when we're unsure what the right thing is, when we're frustrated by our circumstances, when we wish for things to go better, oftentimes what we're missing is the lens. If we were to look at it differently, if we were to let go of our selfishness and our pride, if we were to think about the things in, matter, in life that really actually mattered, instead of the selfish things that we want, our view of God's plan for creation, our view of God's plan for our lives, it would become a lot clearer. Now, let me just acknowledge for a minute how difficult this is. I wish this is something that you could just decide today and then you got it. Congratulations, you learned it today. You don't have to go through it again. But unfortunately, if you've lived long enough, you know that's not the way that life works, especially with the most important things that we have to learn. This is a habit. This is a discipline. And unfortunately, most of the time, it is sharpened and grown most through the hardest times. And I want to acknowledge that for a second. There are some people, I know I've been through my fair share of it, some people in this room, some people watching right now, you're going through things that are difficult beyond what we could imagine. The hardest parts of life, what they might have to offer. And so as we talk about this verse that says, giving thanks in all circumstances, it feels impossible. If we're being honest, sometimes it feels offensive. You expect me to give thanks for this terrible thing that's happening to me right now. This is where we move past that surface level emotion of thankfulness, and we move to the virtue or the anchor of gratitude. Because gratitude, it keeps us tethered to the truths of God's word, and it gives us space to feel all the emotions that come with our pain and our suffering. It is okay to be angry at the thing that is happening to you. It is okay to grieve the thing that you've lost. It is okay to feel all the emotions that come with the circumstance that you're going through. You can feel all of that and still have this gratitude in your life. This is the benefit that God has for us. He wants to give us this good gift because if we can understand this, if we can grasp this, think how it changes our lives. Everything that we might face, our priorities are in the right place. Everything that might try to knock us off course, we are grounded in what we know to be true. This is what gratitude does for us. Now, I think on some level, all of us have the desire to incorporate this into our lives. If we're a follower of Jesus, we understand this. We want it, but it's so difficult to actually do it. So I want to help us get started today. When we focus on God's greatest gifts to us, it helps us to begin to develop this gratitude in our lives. So I'm going to give you a list in just a second. But this isn't like the list of I'm thankful for this. This is a mindset. This is a way of life. This isn't something that's just developed overnight. It happens with time. Here's the first thing. God's greatest gifts to us, life. Life is a gift. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done or where you've come from, life is a gift God chose to create us. He didn't have to. Not only did he choose to create us, but he chose to be in relationship with us. There is a loving creator who loves you more than you could possibly know or imagine. That is a gift. When we abuse the gift of life, 
through sin, through choosing ways other than God's ways, he gave us the next gift, Jesus. God sent his only son, the thing that mattered to him the most, and he sacrificed him on our behalf. Jesus took the pain and the suffering and the punishment that we deserved for our sin through his death on the cross. Every single one of us, this gift is available to us because God wanted to restore our relationship with him, the one that we messed up. We didn't deserve this. And he still chose to give us life. Here's the next gift, community. You are not alone. Look around the room right now. Those of you watching at the campuses, look around the room that you're in. Those of you watching online, even if you're watching by yourself right now, you're watching with a community. Pastor Mary and her team have done an amazing job of developing a community of people online. You are not alone. We do not have to go through this life by ourselves. God gives us the gift of one another to encourage each other, to celebrate with each other, to lift us up when we need it the most. This is a gift. And then finally, eternal life. This life is not the end. As followers of Christ, we are not people of this world. We are living for something better and higher than our purpose here in this life. No matter what we go through right now, we hold on to the hope, which is another virtue, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. God will one day restore his creation back to the way it was in the beginning, where we live in harmony with one another, where we live in harmony with him and his creation for us. There will be no more sorrow, no more tears, no more pain. Now, it doesn't take the pain away of what we're going through right now. We still experience the emotions of hurt and loss. But we hold on to this because this is a gift that he has for us. He's restoring what he gave back to us in the beginning. Every single one of us. You could keep this lift going if you wanted. There's other things in your life that you could be grateful for. But I want to get us started with it this morning because all of us can use this list. And as we begin to internalize these things, to reflect on them, to savor them, they become a part of who we are. And as we do that, our view of our life changes. Our life may not change, but this lens of gratitude, it begins to make things clearer. Now, you can't teach on this without having gone through it. And I wish there were another way to develop it except by just experiencing it and living it. And there's been times in my life where I've done this really well and times where I have not at all. So this past year for us or so, I told you earlier, we moved. We'd been at the same place for 12 years. It's not easy to move. It's not easy to go through change. You don't spend 12 years in a place without putting down roots and developing relationships with people that you love. So as we were going through all of this change, it, don't hear me wrong, it was very clear from the Lord that this is where we're supposed to be and we couldn't be happier to be here. But change of any kind, it's hard. Moving my family to a new place, getting to know a new city, it's not been the easiest thing in the world. We've been through some pretty crazy stuff along the way as well. And I wish I could tell you that each day I handled it perfectly 
I was grateful and I never complained, but I'm human. I experience the emotions that come with that. Change is hard. But God was teaching me in very tangible ways how to hold on to the things that matter the most. Often what it does for us is we're so close to the thing that's happening in front of us, we can't see the bigger picture and gratitude helps us zoom out. There's a bigger picture at work here. God is doing something more than just these weeks or months that I see right now. If we look at our lives in the context of years, through the lens of gratitude, well, things start to make a lot more sense. So I'm not teaching this to you, trying to say that it's some easy thing. It's easy to stand up here and talk about it, that's for sure. But to actually go and live it, that is a different thing entirely. So my question for us today This is what I want to close with. If we were to practice authentic gratitude, how would that lens change the way we see our lives and the world around us? What part of that blurry picture would come into focus? What priorities would we need to reset in our lives? as we develop this habit and this discipline of gratefulness, as we develop more of these virtues in our lives, what we ask for changes, what we're seeking after changes, the things that used to matter to us start to fall away. And we're focused on the ways and the purposes of God's kingdom. So this week, as we go into Thanksgiving, Whatever your traditions are, however you celebrate it, I hope you have an amazing week. I know for me, I'm reflecting on this and not just one week of making lists of the thankful that I'm thankful for, but what would it look like to develop these habits of gratitude in our lives? How would it change us? As we close today, I want to give us the opportunity to respond to this. I think this is the type of message that we want to reflect on and respond to because as we develop this gratitude, I think our first response is just praise to the Lord for who he is. Thanking God for his faithfulness, for his love that we don't deserve. And so what I want us to do is to show that together. So in just a minute, we're going to sing a song. The band's about to come up. And as we sing it, I want to give you permission to just do whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. If you want to sit and reflect, if you want to sing these words, if you want to stand and lift your arms and praise to God, whatever it looks like for you, there's no wrong answer here. But I think a good step for us is this gratitude to God together, encouraging one another to focus on the things that matter the most. Would you pray with me? God, every one of us, we have the desire to live your ways, to be able to respond with these virtues that you give to us. But we need your help. We need your wisdom. We need your discernment. We need your perseverance, your strength to see that in the midst of all the things that we go through. God, help us each day to choose the lens that we see our lives through. 
Help us to see the world the way that you see it and let that order and shape our priorities by the things that matter to you. God, we love you. We are grateful for you. Amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's Weekend Message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.